You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Uh, tonight we're going into the next lesson on a love that lasts, and uh, tonight we want to focus on on, a, on the topic, the feeling we get from prayer. Uh, this is our communication. This is how we communicate. This is how we talk to the person that we are in love with. And um, what's the feeling that we get? From prayer, And what are we expecting when we pray? And how does that affect us? So we're going to be talking around this topic because you can't be in love with someone and not talk to them. Impossible. Um, you're going to want to talk. You're going, and how does talking to that person make you feel? Um, it affects people when they're talking to the person they're in love with. I mean, it. It will, it will affect how you feel. So let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Uh, first, first John says it about Jesus, and then Jesus says it about himself. Uh, I am the one which is and which was and which is to come. Uh, Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 says, uh, I am he that liveth. And was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. The, the Greek word uh, translated is to come. It gives the sense of something about to happen. Uh, that's why the message, it puts it this way. Uh, I am the God who is, the God who was, and the God about to arrive. It's speaking about anticipating something that's going to happen. So in the realm of the spirit, uh, the past, the present, and the future, they all coexist. It is high and lifted up uh, in the throne realm that we're given the ability to see what, what was, uh, what is present, and what is to come. And when you think of where we live and, and the object, the, the object of earth and the planet that we live on, it's just a little speck uh, in, 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 in uh, when we think about how great God is and how powerful he is. And so uh, the earth that we live in or, or also our senses. So, for example, uh, our, our hearing, our feeling, our taste, touch, uh, we, we see those things as real. Uh, but they are obviously uh, That's how we view it. God's view is much greater than even our five senses. People often say, "I, I, I want something solid," or I, "I need to see the facts. I need something that's real." I'm, I'm a realist. Then, if that's how you think and that's how you are, then you need God. You, you need God. for uh, If it wasn't for His great power, there wouldn't be anything to see. There wouldn't be anything to feel. There wouldn't be anything to hear. He's way beyond even our senses. The Bible speaks about the earth. The earth is His footstool. I mean, it's, it's just a little speck. It's just a small little thing when it comes to how great God is. And so the Bible says in the writer of Hebrews... 11 verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. 
that which we perceive as reality is temporary and it's passing and has been established, but out of something eternal that your eye cannot see is this almighty God. So if you want to walk with God, you got to be willing to jump out of the boat, if you want to say, of your five senses and learn how awesome God is because he's a way beyond anything that we can see as tangible. Every time we meet Jesus uh, in the book of Revelation, he is the Jesus who is, who was, and who is to come. He's not confined by time. We're confined by time. We live by time. The Lord doesn't live by time. Only in the spirit can you see the the kingdom of God from a divine perspective outside of time. He created time. Time didn't create him. He created time. So a concept we must uh, immediately grasp is in order to understand God is God's plan goes beyond all ages. It's, it's a phenomena that, that goes way beyond the past, the present, and the future. He is, he was, and he is to come. He is the Almighty. So before the creation of the universe, there was no time. And at the end of the ages, when, when everything is ended, dissolved, then there will be no time. Before time was, God was. After time ends, God will still be. He is beyond time. And so eternity is a state of absolute timelessness. You know, we think of, uh, uh, of eternity. Well, it's going to go on and on, and it's going to go on, and it's going to be this length or this length. No, there is no time in eternity. Time has ended. And so uh, we, we, uh, we are transitioning to a, an understanding, and that will happen to you and I as a Christian. We'll transition to a time way beyond our senses that we live by today, and especially way beyond time. Time is not part of eternity. Eternity is not composed of segments of time. It's beyond what we see as a length of, of, uh, of time. Eternity simply is. It's way beyond our imagination. So uh, the glorious experience of of eternity simply is the glorious experience for you and I is that we will be uh, beyond time. It's hard for us to fathom how incredible the Lord is. But this is what this is what Jesus said: Before Abraham was, I am. Not before Abraham was, I was. There was no past or future sense of 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 the Lord. No, He said. Before Abraham was, I am. Everything uh, before time, everything after time, everything during time, that's, that's uh, the Almighty God. God made a choice to create time. And you and I get to understand that. But God changes not. We change due to time. If you take a look in the mirror, you probably look different than you did 10 years ago. 20 years ago, 50 pounds ago, whatever the case is, you're going to look different. You change with time. God changes not because he is before time and he will be after time. So and I, I, I don't uh, have to serve a Jesus who was. I serve a Jesus who is right now. He is in my life. Right now, he is in your life. It's not he was or he will be. He is. You don't have to live at any other moment than he is. And, and even better than that, and so far above uh, and beyond our thinking, uh, uh, he goes beyond depths and heights, and, and, and he walks uh, in, in realms with us that is beyond our imagination. It's hard for us to fathom how 
great God is because we live within a confined period of time and we live in confined senses. So tonight I want to talk to you. What is the feeling we get when we pray? Because there's something about this communication that we have with this, this almighty God that we have. Um, some things that I say tonight um, may not even be that pleasant to hear. But hopefully we can understand a little bit about this feeling of communication or prayer by the time we're done. Prayer is supposed to feel like waiting. Now, if you're doing it right, you're always expecting something is just about to arrive. Now, I don't know about you, but in your relationship, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your kids, whatever the case is, uh, very few people like to be left waiting. I can say without a doubt that I fit that mold. Don't like to be left waiting. And yet, a lot of times in our communication with God, we are left waiting. Think of someone who you know that's in the middle of a terrible trial, and maybe that's you. You've waited a long time for a deliverance, or you've waited a long time to have your prayer answered. The waiting's long, it's dreary, it's, it's, it's heavy at times, and, and sometimes your, your faith is, uh, is defiant and commanding, and yet there's other times when it's faltering or feels hopeless or you feel like you're pleading or begging with God. Huh? And then all of a sudden you get renewed faith and, and you're ready to take on the world again. And then at other times you feel lonely and, and you feel like no one's listening and it's all, it's just you. You have these times of waiting. There's, there's only one reason why such a person that goes up and down in those times of communication would keep praying. Only one reason. Because prayer and waiting are inseparable. They're linked. Even though we don't like it, even though we may, may not, not always agree, they are linked and you can't separate them. Prayer makes absolutely no sense apart from waiting. If you, if you tried to separate prayer and waiting, you wouldn't pray. You wouldn't, you wouldn't continue because it doesn't seem to make any sense. It takes time to do that. But what I've just shared with you earlier, God doesn't dwell in time. He dwells in his likeness. We dwell in time. God dwells in what is it that I can communicate to this person for them to be more like me. That doesn't always end up answering your prayer when you think or when I think it should happen. Have you ever had the instance when your beloved has been given a time to be ready? A time that you're leaving or a time that you're wanting to get something done or a timeline or or your wife says you know i i'd like to have this done before so and so comes and you're racing against time to get it done no one likes to be waiting in those moments can i hear an amen from at home <laughs> yes i heard it no i'm sure there's one or two that that yes I, i've experienced that but this is, you're not abnormal. You're, 2021 is not some anomaly to what's happening uh, uh, in, in people's walks with God. This has been going on for a long time. Um, lots of Bible characters that we love. They were without exception, of course, people of action. 
But they still had to wait. Sometimes they had to wait for stubborn people, lazy people, rebellious people, cowardly people. Sometimes it was God himself that didn't answer when they thought he should have. Look at the example. Um, God was willing to wait for, for one Pharaoh to die and another to exceed him so Israel could be paid back for 430 years of captivity. When they left uh, uh, Egypt, they took the spoils, uh, the Bible says, uh, to compensate for their 430 years of slavery. God was willing to wait the time. God promised a land flowing with milk and honey, yet he allowed his people to go through a wilderness experience for 40 years before that took place. God, who rejected King Saul and, and, and uh, anointed David as king, but then for the next 12 years, Saul still reigned even though David was anointed to be king, and Saul was chasing David to kill him. We, we hear these great people in the Bible, but there's a lot of waiting going on. Abraham, Sarah, you're going to have a child, but it's decades before there's ever a child. Um, sometimes it can be frustrating. And there's few things in the Christian life that puzzle and aggravate us more than praying and seemingly nothing is happening. Uh, we probably could say that in some of our homes. <laughs> nothing is more aggravating at times when you're wanting something done and it's not getting done as quick as you would like. It's not being done on your timeline. <laughs> okay. Don't look at the person beside you. Much of our doubts and disappointments and discouragements can be traced back to times of we felt like we were waiting and waiting and God was not speaking or acting. And it doesn't matter how long you serve God. You're going to go through times of discouragement and you're going to go through times of disappointment because you feel like, God's not listening, or he's not answering on time. On time. Um, sometimes nothing's happening, even though you're praying. And it feels like your hopes rise, and all of a sudden they're dashed. And you get a little, you get a little jolt of, of excitement of something possible, and all of a sudden it's worse than it was a, a month ago. And, uh, and, and you got this roller coaster back and forth, and you're praying, and, and that's the case because we're, we're obviously learning uh, to try to grasp the concept of, of God's divine delays, God, uh, uh, God, God allowing things to happen at, at, at when he thinks it will be the greatest possibility for us to be more like him. And so we're going to go into a little bit of, of this study here. Second Peter chapter 3, um, verse 8. This is what it says. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. That's all fine and dandy until it happens to you. Well, you know, the Lord doesn't change. It, it, a, a thousand years with the Lord is just like one day. That's no fun if you've been praying for a long time and nothing's happening. You're like, I, I'm not going to live a thousand years, God. Like, this is never going to happen during my lifetime. Look what the next part of the verse says. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look at John chapter uh, 9, verse 1. 
And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. We never learn this man's age. Um, we, we don't know. He could have been 20. He could have been 30. We don't know. All we know is it's been a long time that he's been blind. And the Lord gives this reason. This is the reason. A long time to wait for the purpose of God to be seen. What? No. No. There, there must be a reason. This guy must have sinned. His parents must have been really bad people. And the Lord's like, no. The, the reason that he's been like this for this length of time is so that my, my glory can be seen. That, that, uh, that he's going to get to see the works of God through his life. Wow. Sometimes that's frustrating. And God doesn't mind waiting to make sure that you and I are formed in his likeness. Here's um, two images that John uses in the book of Revelation to describe prayer. First of all, he uses incense, and secondly, he uses fire. Um, Revelation 5 and 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and the twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. The prayers of the saints of all ages are gathered as incense before God, a beautiful fragrance that swirls uh, uh, around the throne of heaven. This, This bottled up, this gathered up prayer gathered from all the corners of the globe. The incense represents the afflicted, the comforted, the the lonely, the reunited, the dying, the rejoicing. They're all here uh, before God through their prayers as a powerful image. And God is basking in the incense uh, or the smell of these prayers. Um... Uh, you know, we could, there's probably this feeling that, that some people have from time to time. Lord, I, I don't want you to smell my prayer. I just want you to answer it. You ever get that feeling? I'm not trying to, you know, create some perfume here. You know, I s- slap on some cologne. Oh, no, that's not, that's not what we're trying. We're just trying to, God, I... I'm, I'm praying, and I don't feel like I'm getting an answer. And so we, we even ask, and you may ask yourself at times, why pray? Why pray? I mean, I'm not in the business of making perfume or cologne. Why pray? And uh, there, there, there may be this difficulty in trying to understand when things are not happening on your Time. And yet, when we get into a difficult situation, what's one of the first things we want? We, well, let's pray. <laughs> let's pray. Uh, you know, we, we may have that with excitement. Let's pray. Or we may feel like uh, we're in a time of discouragement. Well, we probably should pray. Uh, we go through these times of uh, great faith that God's going to answer prayer, and then we go through times of, man, I've been praying for a lot of things lately, and I, the more I pray, the worse things seem to get. You ever had that happen in your life? You feel like you're praying about something that actually gets worse? It's like, man, this is, this. I, I should just stop praying. Look at this, Matthew cha- or Mark chapter 9, verse 21. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this, this came unto him? And he said, of a child. 
And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I want you to notice some things that's in this passage. This man is speaking to Jesus and, and, and you know, before we criticize the man for his weaknesses, remember that the Bible says this was, this was upon the child since he was a boy. Can you imagine the difficulties that the father would, would have when, when this boy, which was overcome with being demon-possessed, and it would do things to this boy that the father couldn't do anything about? How frustrating it would have been for dad to, to, to see his son being controlled by the enemy and dad not being able to do anything about it? What about when the disciples pray and nothing happens? Still nothing changes. This is the preachers. <laughs> Nothing's happening. You have these well-worn cliches that sometimes are used, you know, that, you know, this is, uh, we just got to pray until something happens, or we got we to gotta keep pushing through, and you, you've heard them. You've heard, you can imagine this dad going through these, these times, and sometimes I'm sure he was bold in his praying, just like he was commanding some army, and then he was probably afraid in his praying like he was some beggar on the side of the street. Maybe there was times when he was just empty in his praying, and all he could do was weep. And sometimes you and I maybe even fall into Something similar. And the last thing the guy wanted to hear was, you know, take courage. And be strong. And you know, your, your prayers are gathering before God's throne as a perfume. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not what he wanted to hear. He's got a boy that he can't do anything about. And suddenly after all these years of defeat and, de and despair... His prayers come to a climax. Jesus can help. And he commands the demon to flee. And the little boy is healed. And the disciples said, why couldn't we cast them out? And he gives this, uh, this answer that they're not, they're not wanting to hear either. He said, this kind comes forth nothing but prayer and fasting. This, this takes extra prayer. This takes longer waiting. This takes more intense praying. Jesus didn't give even his disciples the answer they wanted. He added actually more mystery and more frustration to what they were, what they were having happen in their lives. And, and, and then John gives this illustration of its incense. And I think that happens if in a lot of times our praying, we're... We're not in any mood to be creating an incense before God because we haven't grasped that God doesn't dwell in time. And it's not easy to wait. Revelation 8 and verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he would offer it with the prayers of all the saints unto the golden altar which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before the Lord out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar, cast it into the earth, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. Suddenly the incense is mixed with the fire of God, the Bible says, cast into the earth. The long wait is finally interrupted, and everything is forever altered. The status quo is shaken up, and things are split open and reordered, and 
demons have to flee and the blind see and the lame walk and the dead rise and things. Something is changed because the incense is mixed now with fire. When we pray, the answer doesn't come at times, but it comes at a point way beyond our choosing, way beyond our ability. We can't predict when. We can't say how long the delay is going to be. We can't hasten the answer. That seems frustrating. But when our prayers finally are connected with fire, something powerful happens. And our waiting and our anticipation and our communication with God comes to a different level because we, um, we, we go past the discipline of prayer for just an answer. And we go beyond what we think uh, uh, or can comprehend with waiting. It's not easy to wait. But our praying is more than just getting an answer. Our praying is, is a communication with God, our beloved. A communication with the person that we're in love with. This is more than just a, a sweet savor, a beautiful smell. It's being connected with fire. Jesus tells his disciples of his kingdom coming. They are left with one nagging question. Where, Lord? Where is the evidence of all these things that you have promised? Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. The disciples are waiting for the incense of their prayers to be made into fire. So to help them cope with the seemingly endless delays and diversions along the way to the answer that they're looking for, Jesus tells them about a parable. A parable about a widow who literally nagged uh, uh, an unjust judge into granting her plea. Luke 18, verse 6. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And prayer is just that, crying out day and night without seeing maybe answers right away. But it's a continuation anyway. And that's why the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And he gives them the Lord's Prayer. The key to excess, successful prayer is to continue beyond what you think is the waiting time. Communication is I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to go beyond what I think is okay. What I think is enough prayer. What I think is enough time of communicating. I'm going to go beyond uh, my five minutes uh, in the morning or my ten minutes uh, here or my, my little prayer time here. No, no, no. You're in love with Jesus. Uh, your prayer goes beyond uh, uh, a, a time limit because he doesn't dwell in time. It's a connecting with him until uh, you go beyond just the waiting and say, listen, it's not just incense. I want fire with my prayer. I want something to happen that I touch the hem of his garment. I move heaven. I get God's attention. Something has to grip us as apostolics, as Pentecostals, that we're not doing this little prayer time. And No, no, we're waiting until something arrives. We're not giving up. You're not quitting. You won't stop. Look what the verse says, Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Humanly speaking, there are two, th two things that are drastically wrong with this verse. The first is that waiting 
is not the pathway to weariness, but to renewal. That's how God's upside-down, backwards uh, uh, reality is. He, he works in, in levels that is way beyond us. The second thing that's wrong with this verse is, according to Hebrew poetry, the sequence of ideas should progress from the lesser to the greater. So we would expect the promises to be reversed, like walk and not faint, run and not be weary, mount up with wings as eagles. The sequence is far more dramatic and inspiring that way. But that's not what he writes. That's not how he tells Isaiah to put it. God sees it otherwise. We may want wings, but what we really need is to walk and fall down before him and be willing to wait to live in the consistency of, God, I want to be made in your likeness, and I'm going to keep praying until you know that it's the right time for my life to receive the answer that you have for me. It's, there's something miraculous about God knows exactly how to do it, when to do it, with whom to do it. He, there's something miraculous about how God works through you and I praying and spending time in prayer. What is the feeling we get when we pray? Do we feel like discouragement has happened because we've been praying about this situation for this length of time and nothing's happened? Or is there something inside of you that says, this communication with God is preparing me to be more like him, and I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to be consistent with my prayer. I'm not going to give up on prayer. I'm going to hold on to the promises of God. They're not slack. He's not slack concerning his promises. They will take place, and they will take place on when God feels like it's the right right time in my life. I'm just reminded of, of something that's just happened in the last number of weeks where parents had prayed for years for, for one of their children to be, to be renewed in their walk with God. And both parents have gone on to their reward. And they didn't get to see themselves with their own eyes the answer to prayer but just within weeks of their going on to their eternal reward their prayer was answered the child was renewed the person was renewed in the Lord listen it may not even happen when you and I think but God knows he knows exactly when and how and what to do What's more miraculous? What's more miraculous? Elijah calling down fire from heaven or his willingness to continue preaching in spite of death threats from Queen Jezebel and King Ahab? What's more miraculous? See, we think of it as, well, you know, he took care of 850 prophets. That's, he called down fire from heaven. Or was it, him sitting there and at his moment of wanting to die because he's being chased. And God said, no, I'm not, I'm not done with you yet. You think your time's up. Your time's not up. Your, time, your time's just getting started. What's more miraculous? What's more miraculous than David receiving the honor of the anointing from the prophet Samuel or or him keeping the right attitude through a jealous king who's chasing him and trying to kill him. What's more miraculous? Healing the lame, the blind, the sick through the gifts of the Spirit or, or caring, caring for them through diligence of taking, taking every day and saying, you know what, I'm going to make sure someone who is lame or blind or sick is taken care of. What's more miraculous? 
we think that God has to do it a certain way. But you know that, and I, and I say this, I say this because I have such high respect um, for my parents. I love my parents. My dad had an accident 32 years ago. And could God have healed him? Yes, God could have healed him. Well, what's more miraculous, God healing him or an incredible mother that has stayed right by his side for the past 32 years and taken care of him? We have to be careful that how God answers things is not always the way we think he should. But he's sovereign. His providence is perfect. He does all things well. What's more miraculous? The, the Christian artist who can sing on stage and fill the house with, with people who have paid whatever amount of money for, to go watch the concert or the senior at the senior home who's got dementia or Parkinson's disease that's singing at the, the old folk service. What's more miraculous? See, God's view of things is way different than ours. It's a way different than ours. The anointed preacher who, you know, has dynamic sermons or the unknown prayer warrior who's never been in a pulpit but spends hours before the throne in prayer. What's more miraculous? It's not me standing here. It's the people who have a feeling they get when prayer happens in their life. And they're just consistent praying people that are willing to wait until God does what God wants to do when he's created what he wants to create in our lives, the likeness uh, that he's wanting in our hearts to be like him. See, prayer will always feel like waiting. It will always feel like, man, it's not happening as fast as I think it should. God, God doesn't. I, you, you get this feeling. I think I could help God out with how to do it. You ever had that feeling? God, if you want some advice, I could help you here solve this. I can guarantee you, maybe every person listening or watching tonight has probably felt that way at some time. But the feeling we get from prayer is that it will always, it will always have waiting involved because God's got much bigger things in store than just an answer to what we're praying for. It's that His, his works can be seen. His glory can be manifested his name can be lifted high yeah there's incense that's gathering around the throne and prayers are going up and and they're being stored and all of a sudden he knows the right time to pour out those prayers revelation says the book of revelation he knows that we're not those are, that's always exciting news for someone else. <laughs> that's not exciting news for you when you're in the situation. But I'm here to tell you, there's a feeling you get with prayer that, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to connect because um, I'm waiting for something to happen in my life that, that you're in charge of. I'm waiting for something to happen in my life, God, that, that you're, you're going to do something powerful through my life and because of my life. Not because of me, but because of you. And I'm going to keep connecting with you. And I'm going to keep communicating with you.
We got uh, we got a lot of people in the world that they, they they want to microwave God and they want something. Well, I've only got a limited amount of time, God, and you need to do it within this limited time. And they don't grasp that God doesn't dwell in time. God dwells in you being more like him. He wants us to be more like him. And the only way for you and I to be more like him is we have to communicate with him in prayer. Tonight, it's just a little kickoff. This is, I put this lesson in amongst the love that lasts. We're going to do four, four lessons on types of prayer in January. We're going to talk about different types of prayer. But a love that lasts is you, you have to be willing to communicate. It is no different with a normal, normal relationship. A natural relationship. It's built on communication. A big issue that people have in their homes, that their homes break down, is they have stopped communicating. They don't understand each other. They don't talk to each other enough. Their communication is, they, they used to be best friends, but now they're no longer best friends. Their communication's broken. Well, it's really no different in the spiritual. Our communication with God is vital in a love that lasts. And it's that waiting on Him in prayer, that spending time with Him in prayer, that seeking His face in prayer, that not quitting prayer, not giving up on prayer, not changing the aspects of prayer. Say, huh? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep waiting. I'm going to keep holding on. I'm going to keep believing. I'm, I'm going to keep trusting in God. My hope is in God. I've got nothing else to turn to. I'm going to keep communicating with Him. It's that feeling that you get in prayer that gives you the hope of waiting for whatever God has, and you're just anticipating the arrival of that at any moment, any moment. And it's that incense mixed with fire that moves the hand of God. The woman that kept coming to the judge, it was because of her persistence. Not giving up, not going to keep trying, not going to keep asking. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep coming, I'm going to keep asking, I'm going to be persistent. It was because of that. That the judge gave her her request. Can I put it to you this way in closing tonight? What's your desperation level of prayer? Do you just give up too easily? Do you just stop praying because it didn't happen? You've been praying two or three times, or you've been praying a week or a month, or, you know, it's six months and nothing's changed. What's your... What's the determination? God, not going to settle. Not going to be satisfied. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep waiting on you. I know you're doing something through the situation. See, he can, he can take situations in homes. He can take situations in health. He can take situations in finance. He can take situations at work. He can, listen, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your wayward child. Don't stop praying for your backslidden spouse. Don't stop praying for your unsaved family members. Don't stop praying. Don't give up. God's doing something, and you're waiting on him. He's not only doing something for them. He's doing something through you. A love that lasts is going to be built on prayer. This is a praying church. It's been known as a praying church, but we can't live on 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 30 years ago. We need a praying church today. 
The elders of 20 and 30 years ago are going on to be with the Lord. Where is the prayer warriors in 2021? Where's the people that will come and get lost in prayer in 2021? Where's the people that says, you know what? I'm going to keep praying until something changes in the situation. I'm going to keep praying until the likeness of God is seen in the situation. Where? Where's the prayer warriors of 2021? Because nothing is going to happen without prayer. No relationship is stable without communication. No relationship can grow without communication. Your relationship with God will only grow through your communication with Him in prayer. What's the feeling we get from prayer? Well, you know what? I've been praying and I don't see anything happening. That's one that's one feeling. Or the other feeling is, I'm going to wait until something happens. And I'm going to keep praying until something happens. Right where you are right now. Something you've been praying about. Something you've been asking God for. Something you've been seeking His face. I'm here tonight encouraging someone. Don't stop. Hold on. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep communicating. God's doing something. God's doing something in the situation, in your circumstance, in your dilemma, in your trial, in your struggle, in your temptation. God's doing something in your family. God's doing something at your work. God is doing something with you personally. God is do Don't stop praying. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.